are listening to Things of Faith. Welcome back to our podcast, Things of Faith. I think we are going to have to officially start and call this Season 2 because (laughs) Season 1 got started and then a pandemic happened and now we are trying to discipline ourselves to relaunch this Season 2 and have conversations about hopefully approachable topics that people can listen to to understand more about the Christian faith. And the idea here is for us to have a conversation and bring people these things so that they can start to understand about just basic topics. So not not going super deep, we hope, but also getting people to think and to consider some new things. The goal is for Pastor Michael Stoops and I to do this once a week is what we're going to try to do. Today, we are using a test to put together our technology and all of that, and then have a little conversation. So welcome, Pastor Stoops from Kentucky. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me, Pastor Scott. It's good good to finally be on to season two. It was kind of a cliffhanger <laughs> as to whether we would we'd both make it to this point, but well, we're here. But we're here, and COVID has happened, and you are <laughs> um, gainfully employed in Kentucky and pastoring a church, Hebron Lutheran, out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm at Ascension Lutheran Church in Rancho Palos Verdes still, and we are trying to find new ways to get these conversations into the ears of our families. So primarily directed at confirmation age, which at most Lutheran churches is like sixth through eighth grade and their parents so that they could have conversations about things of faith around the dinner table or in the car. Um, as I know out here, you know, our families are moving all the time, right? They're, they're driving from sports thing to sports thing. And so we wanted to to get a new way to be able to have conversations with our students and have them get some theological conversations with their parents going. So mm-hmm. that's some kind of our our demographic, right, that we're shooting towards mm-hmm. as we and, are considering these things. And, and that's where I love the emphasis on conversation, right? Because so often what can happen for someone in sixth, seventh, or eighth grade is basically sit there, we're going to shove a bunch of stuff, you yeah. know, and, uh, and, you know, just take it, just learn. It's just another school experience or it's right. just something to go through when really it needs to be a conversation. Yeah. Cause that's really how we grow in our faith by asking questions and getting answers and probing and pondering and yep. walking through it together. Yeah. And I also think the, hopefully this is being done with the parents. So parents, if you're listening to this, we really encourage you to have your children with you. Uh, Before we had a separate like five minute one. And I think we're going to do away with that as we're trying to refine this and do a one time for you guys to listen together. The goal for us as pastors is to have you as the parents be the primary disciple makers instead of looking to the pastor or the youth pastor, but taking that ownership and saying, God has given me these beautiful children and I have a responsibility to teach them, to encourage them, to pray with them so that they grow up into people who understand and live out these things of faith. So we are very grateful for all of you who are having these conversations. Um, Our goal is to, again, have topical conversations and then, um, 
we'd love to hear from you. So if you are at either one of our congregations or if somehow you stumbled upon this, uh, please reach out to us if you have questions because these are things that we love to talk about. You know, um, Stoops came out of doing HR things for his church and, and I have to, to do check things for my church. But the stuff that we love to talk about is the stuff that we're recording here, which is mm-hmm. the ideas and the, the things that just make us fall in love with this big God. So yeah, please, please uh, ask us, reach out to us. Again, this is a conversation between us, but also we hope to hear from you as it is a dynamic relationship. So yeah, thank you all for for listening and thank you parents for taking the time and kids for taking the time because this is important stuff. Absolutely. So let's go and move into our God the Father time. And we had talked about different roles of God. We talked about the Trinity. We talked about the different parts of God and the parts yet the oneness. So don't want us to divide it up. But one of the parts of the Trinity would would be God the Father, and then the other part, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. These three parts are one, and they are one and three parts. So we don't ever want to divide God into thirds, while also we want to see him as three separate distinct persons and one God. And that is covered in the Trinity. So we're going to zoom in on God the Father. Opening this conversation, um, God the Father is usually the one who we think of when we think of creation. Uh, Creation is usually tucked under God the Father as um, his person in making the world, creating, holding together, and establishing um, sovereign rule and reign over creation. Is that a fair um, intro as far as usually that's where I hear creation talked about? Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at the Apostles' Creed, for example, we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, who created the heavens and the earth, Yep. right? And, yep. and likewise, we go back, that brings us back to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God yep. created the heavens and the earth. Um, and, and, you know, at the same time, as we generally talk about God as creator, uh, we do recognize that the whole Trinity is present in creation, right? right? That you have the Spirit uh, hovering over the waters. John 1 tells us that in the beginning, the Word was with God. Yeah. Um, Colossians says everything was created through him. And so uh, so we see the whole Trinity, yeah. but in general, we talk about that act of creation, that decree of, decre- of creation um, uh, being the, the primary work of God the Father. Right, as a role. Yeah, and good good job reminding us of the Apostles' Creed, which is the the most simple of our creeds and the one that we most of us, I would say, say on a Sunday-by-Sunday basis. So we get these things into our, our DNA, right? We repeat these words, and God the Father, the maker of heaven and earth. And so in that, he is the starter as well as the the continuing creator. I think it's important that God is still active in creation. And so there's a temptation when you come to the God, the Father, to have this deistic. And when I use the word deistic, I mean a God who got things going and then stepped away. So um, I don't know a a great example, but let's say uh, Ford, you drive a Ford car, 
well, Ford created your car, sent it out of the automobile plant, and now it's away from them and is doing its own thing without Ford watching over every little detail. That would be a deistic view, that God got the world going, set it aside, and then he went off to planet XYZ to create over there. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, I just have never really thought about what deism, what they think he's doing in the heavens. That'd be kind of a fun... Yeah, I think it kind of comes back to the idea of like when when sometimes we'll say like, oh, that that's too small. God doesn't care about that. Mm. Is like it just means he doesn't care about a whole lot. Right. He's off being transcendent, you know, God up in the sky, and and doesn't doesn't yeah. actually care or love or is involved or, yes. or with his creation. Right. And so that would be not a Christian worldview. Would be to have a deistic or a God who got things going, and then stepping aside. A Christian worldview would be the God who created, and I really love the language of is continually creating. So is in the process of the moments being revealed, is is not far, but is close. And and of course, it's very easy to think of that when you think of God the Son, Jesus, because he was incarnate, right? So he came into creation, or God the Holy Spirit, who is present, alive, filling us now. So it's it's I think with God the Father we have this temptation to go, but he's still over there. He's still out there. Where, no, he is in the creation. He is um, sustaining the creation. He's holding it together. He's pushing creation into its next moment. And and not uh, to, to put another foul line in place. So when I talk about theology, I very often think about it as a baseball field and kind of the foul lines. Um, but not to be a pantheistic where he is inside so the rock is a god and the water is a god, but that he is holding together. He is close to creation. So um, having God be close is one of, I don't know if unique is, but one of the beautiful parts of Christian theology is that mm. he is drawn close to us from his own work. Yeah. And, and I think this, Scott, ties into where... Um, you know, when we talk about God the Father, people immediately go to creation. Yep. But you can also overlook the fact that he is a father. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that That's exactly how Jesus, you know, teaches us to pray yeah. uh, to God the Father is saying, you know, our Father who art in heaven. Right. Um, and and that, that, you know, I think beautifully ties in and helps create those foul lines, if you will. Yeah. Um, uh, that he is creator, he is this transcendent one, the one outside time, outside creation, one who's infinite, all-powerful, all-knowing, and yet he's a father. Right. And 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 I think it, it makes it makes it makes him more understandable. Mm. Um, I, we would hope more approachable. Mm. Um, you know, because I know I know people come with uh, you know different yeah. baggage around right. whether they had good earthly fathers or bad yeah. earthly fathers, and it's easy to put that on God. Uh, but what we see in the Bible is a God who is a perfect father who loves his children right. and uh, draws them near to himself. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a great point to point to the fact that when we even say the phrase that God is father, there implies intimacy there, right? Mm-hmm. That um, whatever baggage we come with, and I, I've heard exactly the same things that you've heard, Pastor Stoops, and that we very often turn it into, well, and it's impossible not to have a picture of our own father. Right, the way the relationship with our Father, and to hear then God the Father, and to to have it coat that thing. Um, but if you can think of all that is supposed to be in fathers, think of the care a father has for their own children, the the protection. So 
whatever version of our earthly father is, because all of our earthly fathers are going to be imperfect. Uh, all of them. I mean, I know as a father and you as a father, yeah. we're, oh, yeah. we, <laughs> we're imperfect. And so Grace, Hope, and Isaac, if they were to go, oh, God's like my dad. Well, no, I hope he shows up on time a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, hope, I hope he doesn't lose his tool um, when things don't go exactly as, you know, I I think it should go. Um, that he is all of those things, but the intimacy with which a father truly loves, sacrifices, cares for his children. And and the Lord's Prayer, as, as you brought up, the Lord's Prayer is a, a call for us to see God the Father in the same way Jesus sees him. Because Jesus calls him Abba, um, he prays to the Father, he refers to him as the Father, and then he teaches us, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven. And what an awesome, what an awesome call to then look, part of the Godhead, Jesus the Son, looking to us and saying, and he's your Father as well. You know, hmm. such a, a sweetness there. Yeah. Well, and and the I think the practical payoff, you know, if you're like, oh, well, you know, this Trinity, this theology stuff, I think the practical payoff is really in prayer, hmm. um, amongst other things, right? But it's really in prayer that we're not approaching a God who is an angry taskmaster or a God who is, um, you know, solely, you know, out to smite us or or just wait for us to make a misstep, but but rather a loving Father who, you know, yes, wants to correct us when we've gone off the rails or yes wants us to to live uh, in wisdom and in and in health but at the same time as a, as a god who is who is always forgiving who is uh, slow to anger who is gracious and compassionate and that means we can we can bring our baggage to him yeah uh, bring our baggage we can bring our sins to him yeah we can we can do all that because it because he's not going to turn away from his kids yeah yeah that's um that's a wonderful reminder is is that we we again can have intimacy if he's not far but he's close we can approach the throne of grace we can pray we can use our voice and it is it's a gift because it's too easy to when we think about god to put him away far away and i guess in some ways it's safer too right like if he's close mm-hmm. if he's close then it is um Maybe a little scary for him yeah. to. We're, we're known then. We're known. Yeah, good. We're known. We we are part of those things that we did. Uh oh, right. That I don't mm. want him to see that. I don't want. So, really good point. And I think that intimacy that God has with us is is the thing that we need to continue to come back to as a Christian in finding ways to rediscover the intimacy, but also allow it to be true in our lives that he wants to be with us. And it's not a being known so that we could be shamed, mm, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a being known so that we can be loved. Yeah. Radically, yeah. radically different. Yeah, well, it, and it changes how you approach prayer, right? Or like sure. even how we approach any human relationship, any, right? Yeah. Like like nowadays you, you, you want to, you know, you want to have just the right image on social yes, media. Good. You want to yep. you want to guard yourself like right. against, you know. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah, you don't, you don't, your weaknesses coming out, your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook account, all of those being rightly presented and the picture taken from the right angle. And, and, you know, you go back and you correct and edit the post and did I use the right words? And, and so 
it it seems like we are being known, but we're being known a highly curated, highly photoshopped version. And so then to be really known, to have God the Father really be there, it feels so scary and so overwhelming. But yet, if this is the same God who was willing to send his son into creation to die for us so that we could be with him, then being known by him is not something to be feared, but something to be treasured, right? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, what a what a good counterpoint to think about, like, the intimacy that we search after on, on social media, the wanting to be known, but wanting to be known on our terms versus being known on the terms of the one who made us. Well, and, and the freedom in that. Right. Like there's an exhaustion in trying to curate your image and just have people <laughs> like a certain version of yep. you. And yep. that's it. That, I mean, and gosh, you know, whether whether you're a student or you're a parent, uh, that just, that weighs on you. Yeah. But there's and, a freedom. It's scary, as you said, but there is a freedom. I think there's a free, and there's a, a longing for it, right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. the reason, like, the reason Instagram and Twitter and all those things have become so popular is because we want to have relationships. We want to be known. We want to have intimacy. We want to have a real father who loves us for for where we are at. But then it's also terrifying. And so it's it's such a fascinating thing. And to have a God who is consistent in his fathering, consistent in his love, is is massive. And and as you said, the word freedom in there. Because if we really if we really understood and truly like deep in our DNA understood the character of God, we would be the freest people to to try and fail mm. and a love extreme and you know show our love for others oh, because yeah. we know that we have a God who's with us. Yeah. But, well, I, it, it reminds me of like um, you know, the picture of God we have in Jesus, uh, uh, the parable the, the parable of the two sons, right? Yep. Or often the parable of the prodigal son in Luke right. fifteen. Yeah. Right. Just that. That the son who has, you know, basically wished his father dead, you know, run out, just, you know, go into Vegas and, and yeah, just yeah. doing, you know, All the not things. great things. He's welcomed back. Party. Yeah. My yep. son who is dead is alive. Yep. And then that the father also, you yeah. know, goes to the older, stodgy, self-righteous, religious brother and yep. goes, hey, this is this is your house too. This is your house. Come, yeah. come and party. Come on in. Come on in. Yeah, and that that extravagant kind of love. And so the character of the Father being revealed through that parable is a wonderful reminder. So so I, I think that's a great place for us to kind of pause and to wrap up today. And I I hope that for those that are, are listening, that you can consider God the Father in light of the parable of the prodigal son or the two sons, that you can consider what it's like to be known by this God and to be loved by this God, and that we can allow that love then to leak out into the rest of the world as we get to love our neighbors because of how he's loved us. So, great time. Thank you, Pastor Stoops. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Okay, talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye. You've been listening to Things of Faith.